What is grace? Grace is community. Grace is passion. Grace is for everyone. Today we conclude our Advent series taken from Will Willimon's series, Heaven and Earth. We've explored Jesus' return and why he has waited so long to come back. We've heard about the great surprise of Advent and how the call to repentance is not so much about the people out there as it is a call for us, us insiders, to look deep into our own hearts. Then last week we talked about light and how our job is not to be the light but to simply point to the light. We can't be Jesus, but we can be a voice like John the Baptist as we witness to God's great love for this world. And now we wrap up the season as we prepare for our Christmas Eve services tonight. Our last stop of Advent is about rejoicing. We are going to hear the story of the announcement to Mary that she will have a baby. Sal is going to read this for us. Uh, So far in the Gospel of Luke, we have only heard about the announcement of John the Baptist's coming birth. John's father, Zechariah, heard from an angel that his aged wife would give birth to a son, but he did not believe. When the vision finished, he could not speak. And now Mary, a relative, is about to experience something quite similar. Let's listen to this story from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Hear now the word of the Lord. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered that what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy and will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. 
let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. May our glorious Lord God bless this reading and hearing of his holy words today. Amen. And from Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 48, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, make us an inclusive community passionately following Jesus Christ. Work in our hearts and lives today as we seek the kind of joy that only comes from following in your footsteps. Bless us today, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Years ago, a song came out that broke through all kinds of barriers. It sold millions of copies and was the first time a Tony Award winner for acting reached the Billboard Top 10 with a song. Uh, maybe I've given enough clues so you can guess what song it was, but I'll give you one more just in case. Here's a clip of my son when he was just one or two years old singing that song. Super cute, right? The song Let It Go from the Disney movie Frozen was the ninth best-selling song in 2014 and was number one in many countries. The song celebrates a woman who has hid her true self from others for years. In this song, she realizes she no longer needs to hide and she belts out her newfound freedom, Let It Go. Singing a song like this can feel so good. It can change your demeanor, even change the course of your day. My wife sometimes gets pretty aggravated at something the boys will do, and she's taken to, instead of yelling at them, just singing out. She doesn't yell, she doesn't berate, she just works through her anxieties with a lovely song. It's actually really nice. Things are more positive because she chooses to sing. And that's not just a coincidence either. Singing has a long list of benefits. Uh, there's a story that happened during the pandemic and it involves a, a man who joined a virtual choir because he couldn't go out and see anyone. He noticed that in singing with this virtual choir regularly, his seasonal depression he had experienced year after year just disappeared. The evidence shows singing makes us feel happier and more connected to others, especially when we sing in a group. It reduces stress as it lowers our cortisol levels. It boosts our immune system. It's even better than just listening to music as it improves our breathing, our posture, and our muscle tension. We can even handle more pain in life as it elevates our pain threshold. Singing in a group is like having a superpower. Now, something happens along the way of many people's lives. My son, who so happily sang Let It Go as a tyke, wouldn't be caught dead singing in front of people today. Uh, perhaps, like him, some people think they can't sing. 
Maybe they say, I'm tone deaf, which is a total misnomer. Some people are literally tone deaf, and it affects about 4% of the population. But if you can hear music and enjoy it, you are not tone deaf, and you can sing. You just have to practice and develop the skill like any other talent. Other people have, have been told they have a bad voice and shouldn't sing. This happens to many people, especially at a formative age. Uh, I heard recently about a class of students who were broken up into different groups. On one side were the nightingales, and on the whole other side were the crows. They even had to wear badges identifying which music group they were in. How awful that would be. Who wants to be a crow? I could see why someone would say, I can't sing and I won't sing after experiencing something like that. Even if you're saying, I worry what people will think of me in singing, uh, there's good news there uh, that in a group, nobody can tell, right? I'm part of, of the church's choir, and even though I have very little technical training and I make plenty of mistakes, I know that's just how it goes. Most of the time, we sound great together, even if one or two of us may make a mistake here and there. Besides, singing isn't about the result or the performance. It's about the process and the growth and ultimately the joy that comes from singing. We actually have a, a, a pretty solid picture of that joy in the scriptures. The Gospel of Luke starts with the story of Elizabeth, who is very old and childless. Now, today there isn't quite the same problems around being childless as there was in ancient times. Having a child back then was like saving for retirement. It guaranteed food, clothing, and shelter into the twilight years of a person's life. So back then, if you didn't have kids, it was a big problem. But also, if you didn't have children, there was a social stigma because it was considered a punishment from God for sin, and people would assume the worst possible sin to cause a person's punishment. Everyone would think Elizabeth, specifically Elizabeth, did something really bad because she didn't have a child. But we are also told that Elizabeth and her husband Zechariah are righteous, despite the lack of children. So the story is actually a lot like that of Abraham and Sarah, who were older and had no children, but eventually God would change that. The same thing happens to Elizabeth. Despite their age, Elizabeth becomes pregnant, and an angel promises joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at her son's birth. And we hear the announcement to Mary of the coming birth of a child. She will be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and will bear a holy son. Mary readily accepts this seemingly, seeming impossibility with these words, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. That's some pretty amazing faith right there. Then when Elizabeth, who is now pregnant, meets Mary, who is also pregnant, Elizabeth breaks out in song. Verse 41 says, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. She goes on to sing the high praises of this child and also of the incredible response of this woman who believed without hesitation what the Lord had spoken. That's not all the singing we get. Next is Mary who sings what many people know as the Magnificat, which is the Latin translation of the first few words of this song. This is one of the oldest Christian songs in the world. 
It's not just about praising God. There is a a declaration of finding delight in God. The low are lifted up. The proud are scattered. The hungry get to eat. It is a description of a reversal of fortune. Mary and Elizabeth are celebrating that God has done the impossible. One woman who could never have a child and had decades of proof up to this point then suddenly has a child. Praise God. And Mary, who is young and unmarried and absolutely would have been shunned by her friends and family, is trusting this angel that somehow she is having a baby as a virgin. It doesn't make any sense, but yet she believes. Praise God. God can do anything. And these two women who were on the margins of society are the start of a new move of God. Just because they are too old or too young isn't stopping God. Just because they can't make money can't be independent and aren't trusted in a court of law because of sexism in that time is not enough to stop the move of God. There's actually another part of scripture that makes a similar point. In the first letter to the Corinthians, Paul is talking to a church that just can't seem to get it together. They are divided on who should be in charge of their church. There's a man who is living in sin with his father's wife. Uh, The church is taking each other to court, suing one another. Husbands and wives are arguing about how they should live together. Even getting food at the market is a problem because some of it is dedicated at the local temples before it is sold. Everything is just a fight with these people. And here's what Paul says about them. You are God's temple, and God's spirit dwells in you. God's temple is holy, and you are the temple. There is no group of people in the Bible that seems more lost than this little church in Corinth, and yet they are declared the temple of God. We live in a world today that can be so negative and skeptical. There was a a doctor who ran a, a medical school who once said, a well person, a person in good health, is merely a patient we haven't run enough tests on. Yipes, that seems so awful to me, so pessimistic. We can look around us and just see sickness and disease, drug addiction, people that are too young or too old or unmarried, immature, and not ready for God. But if God is there for these marginalized women, if God is there for this lost, sad little church in Corinth, God is absolutely 100% there for you and me and everyone. And that is is worth singing about. That is worthy of our praise to God because God moves into impossible situations and makes the impossible suddenly possible. Now, I don't want to leave you confused here. Often we think that a response of singing praise to God is our obligation. It's what we need to do because God commands it. I know my son doesn't like that thought, so let me relieve you of this burden. God is at work in this world, whether you acknowledge it or not. 
God is doing miracles, changing hearts and lives, and empowering people on the margins, whether you want to sing about it or not. Instead, we sing because it is a response to this gift that is given by God. Everything that God does in this world is an act of grace. We don't earn it. We don't deserve any gifts from God or any good thing we get. Instead, God just does good things. God transforms situations, raising up the low and bringing down the high because that's what God does. And when we see it and give praise to God and sing a song along the way, even more good things will come our way. You know, there was a reality show about five men who entered a, a monastery for 40 days. The monks didn't require anything of the men except to show respect to the community and keep the rhythms of, of meals, silence, prayer, and times of singing. By the end, one of the men named Tony was torn by his experience. He worked in a very unsavory business and made a lot of money doing it, but life in the monastery had brought a peace to his soul that he wanted to keep. He met with one of the monks and told him he wouldn't give up his job and didn't want to sit in church all day reading his Bible and singing songs. He needed to make money to keep living his lifestyle. He wanted the peace, sure, but he knew it would fade the minute he left the monastery. So the monk gave the man a little white stone. He said, this stone is blank. And it is up to us to discover what name goes on our white stone. And that's taken from Revelation chapter 2, verse 17. We have a job to do, and it is to discover who we really are. Our job, our vocation, is to listen to who God says we are. And when we do, we are going to celebrate and sing God's praise. Tony was deeply affected by the words of the monk. By the time he finished his 40 days at the monastery, he had become a Christian and turned his life over to Jesus Christ. He quit his job and today sings the praise of the Lord. He says it was the best thing he's ever done despite the changes to his lifestyle. You know, church would be a very sad place if, if all we ever did was point out how everyone is inferior to God. If all we did was hit you over the head with how you are a sinner and how you don't measure up to who you're supposed to be, but that's not what church is. That's not who we are. This is actually the one place where we can gather to sing and praise God, not because of who we are, but because of who God is. No matter who you are, God chose to show grace to you, God said, even if you aren't good enough, I don't care. I'm going to make you good enough. I'm going to extend my grace even if you don't see it, even if you don't want it. We have a fancy term for this in the United Methodist Church and call it provenient grace. But what matters is that this grace is available to everyone, even those who suffer, even those who doubt, even those on the margins, who aren't sure if God even cares about them. God is there, and he's going to keep pursuing you, extending his grace, doing the impossible, just as Mary and Elizabeth discovered. Their beautiful song reminds us that singing praise to the Lord is a great way to celebrate God's good news. 
But one last song as we rejoice on this last Sunday of Advent before Christmas. A few years ago, the government of Hong Kong introduced a bill that worried its citizens. Hong Kong was democratic and had strong free speech laws, unlike China. The bill would have made it so China could impose its more restrictive rules on the people of Hong Kong. So protests flared up with hundreds of thousands of people in the streets demanding the bill be withdrawn. In that context, a song rose up as the rallying cry of the protesters. The song was, Sing Alleluia to the Lord. It's in our songbook, The Faith We Sing, number 2258. They sang it every time they gathered for over three months, every day, Sing Alleluia to the Lord. The unity of those protesters could not be broken. They sang to knit their hearts together, and they sang for freedom until finally the bill was withdrawn and peace was restored. That's the power of song. That's what happens when we bend our attention not toward the problems and failures around us, but toward the glory of God. Sing today. And tonight, on Christmas Eve, a song of rejoicing, because the Lord will bring down the high and lift up all those who put their trust in the grace of the Lord. Amen? Amen. For everything happening at Grace, check out our website at gumc.org.